Ruth Aluya, welcome to the Church of Stop Shopping. I'm Reverend Billy, and this, this is from lockdown in New York. And I'm sure that a bunch of you are listening to me right now are also in lockdown. Well, in the, in the podcast world, things just stay evergreen. So you may be hearing this months from now. I'd love to be looking back at this experience, this horror show, as a survivor some months from now. And I'd love to just have learned something. You feel that way too? This is such a radical time. And without the illness and death, without the suffering, without the loss of employment and all the troubles, there is something about a radical moment happening, which we needed so badly. We're being shaken up. And oh, the people I talk to, some of them frontline caregivers, some of them at risk every day, some of them just hold up like we are here. We all sense that there's opportunity in this radical time. And I reach for the ultimate truth in this uh, podcast you're about to hear because we feel that power now. We feel that possibility. We need to survive and we need to, in surviving, we need to change. Change, hallelujah. Let's go to the music. Music changes us, doesn't it? Amen? Here we go.
Hallelujah. Thank you. Stop shopping choir. Lockdown here. So many of you locked down too. We're locked down together, reaching out to each other. <laughs> you know that this thing that I've experienced, when you're in the doorway of your house and you may have your mask around your neck and you wonder, should I put my mask on now? at the top of the steps of your stoop, or in the hallway on the way to the elevator. Because really, we all are quite aware that we don't know where the virus is, and it might be airborne in a way that we can't anticipate. The six foot away, that is, that's a folk story. <laughs> we don't have the proof, really. So. When I'm standing at the doorway of my little apartment here, we're on the second floor, go down the steps, and I'm standing at the door and I pause with my mask. I put up my hand in the wind, in the air, in the sunlight, if there's sunlight, in the stars, if there's starlight, in the clouds, or the rain lately. I don't necessarily think that I'm putting my fingers up into the viruses or up into the flesh of the earth. I think of it as a border. I'm in Trump land. I'm thinking, oh, this is a border between something that I control and something that I control less than I thought I do. <laughs> the street, the city. At that point, it would be a good thing to remember something about the virus. The virus, embracing the virus as a, a larger a whole class of living things. The virus, I've discovered from my reading in the last few days, is a driver of evolution. Scientists estimate that a third of what we are as Homo sapiens, a third of us, of our physical features, of, has come to us from evolution that has been driven by the virus. The virus is our creator. And I should say that that one-third figure comes from a study that determined that since we diverged from the chimpanzees, something on the order of one-third of us created by viruses. Well, now, <laughs> that's not the way that people have been talking about the viruses. The reports that we've gotten are that these animals are bringing like demons. They're demons. They've been bringing us viruses. And we have been slaughtering the animals that we think the viruses have been carried within. The bats. Well, it's hard to kill the bats. But these nocturnal little mongoose weasel-like animals, the pangolin and the civet cat in Wuhan... They have been sought out and slaughtered. But it turns out that animals that we just slaughter anyway, chickens and turkeys and swine, the swine flu, yes. Uh, my partner was a person who experienced that particular flu, savagery. Camels even have been carriers of, and they're fairly essential animals. But the animals themselves, are they guilty of targeting 
the precious modern humans? <laughs> no, the viruses don't start with them. They seem to be doorways to us from something farther away. But in our reports, in the media and in our conversations with each other, we don't really get to that further away thing, do we? What is that? Well, we don't know. You know, Trump's right-wing Christians would call it God. The scientists, they get as far as they can into that thing that creates life. But they don't know why certain molecules arrange themselves and they seem to want to live. And at various points, they make up new forms of life. And we're flummoxed by this, aren't we? What? Something new? We don't have a name for it yet. Where do you fit into my modern life? Well, that's the kind of thing we're facing with the coronavirus. We're facing something that wasn't known about. And we don't know what to do with it. We have demonized the messenger. And then the rest of it, we have a job to do. I would, I would share with you that we have a kind of faith that is necessary. And looking once again to the indigenous people whom we have slaughtered as if they are animals that are bringing something we don't want to hear to us. If we take the time to listen to the First Nations peoples, then this creation is coming to us from a kind of breath, a mother-father, a grandmother-grandfather, a thoughtful breath, and our clumsy translation, of course, that comes down to us, the Great Spirit. Well, it may be time for us to look again at that clumsy translation and, and accept that Mother Earth is at the doorway. <laughs> When we're standing there and we think we're at a border and behind us is our nation state, our family, our something we control, where we can lock down and be in a state of purity, well, excuse me, the virus is, is in play. I'm, I'm not going to want to scare anybody. I mean, we have loved ones who are sick right now. I'm not going to scare anybody. But the idea that we can quarantine the virus... Well, that's, that's fake news. Mother Earth is at the door. And our centuries of lying to ourselves about the control that we have, the superior, separate life that we lead away from nature, all of that power from the Industrial Revolution to the Information Revolution, and Wall Street, and Washington, D.C., and Hollywood, and the Pentagon, all the power that you can think of is pushing against that door, trying to keep the creation wind on the other side. But if we invite Mother Earth into our lives right now, all right, as you can tell, I will urge us and the Stop Shopping Churches, Ben and many other, many other blessed people have been urging us for many years, if we accept the Earth as an equal and invite her in, well, then we can be partners with her in a story that is the story of our time, and that is the story of extinction. It is obviously something that we've been a part of. 
We have been putting CO2 and methane and nitrous oxide into the atmosphere, and that resembles the extinction of 66 million years ago and 266 million years ago. The older one, 95% of all life passed away. In this uh, more recent one, it was not such a high percentage. It was more like two-thirds or three-quarters. The dinosaurs, for instance, that had evolved feathers got to fly away from that extinction. That's where the dinosaurs converted into birds. Radical change. Well, she is involved, this creation spirit. Mother Earth is struggling in the sixth extinction, and this coronavirus is a part of that. It has a purpose. It is full of intelligence. It is, after all, it has reduced those poisons I just listed for you radically. It is doing the thing that many people said we had to do and couldn't do because all the big banks are financing all the big oil companies <laughs> and they have never stopped. They have so much power. We can't stop them. The government's too corrupt and we're too passive. But that is the story of our time. The Mother Earth, I think she's inviting us to be a part of that. But right now, it's a struggle. She's made the decision that some of us must pass back into the Earth. And lots and lots of us need to be afraid and need to be sick. A number of the people in the Stop Shopping Choir, so far we've been recovering. But I'm sure that you have loved ones. Listeners, she's protecting us in a way that the CEOs of these corporations would not do. And our children are safer from what she does. As horrifying and as mysterious as this is, I'm asking you to take the leap of faith with me. Invite her into that doorway <laughs> because she's already inside our homes. Invite her in. She creates us. And we are a part of a larger kind of life. And sometimes it's hard to come to terms with this. We have to give up control. But yes, our politics from now on out, our education, our health care, our culture, our security, how we raise our families, how we live on this earth, needs to be in a new faith. And that is simply summarized in this statement. The earth is a conscious living being. Earth, hallelujah, back to the music. Can public cry for peace? Give
Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just at this point. I'm accepting that the earth is a conscious living being. And then, with that belief, tell me if some of you might feel this way too, I look out from this belief and I don't exactly know what to do in my regular everyday life with it. I'm ready, but suddenly I, I'm aware of how I've been down inside of this thing that I was disparagingly calling in, in my sermon, the modern human. Modern life is so dominated by certain prejudices, habits. In the Church of Stuff Shopping, we have noticed that products in consumer culture lead us astray. They just determine what we do, our desires, how we spend our time, how we communicate love, hate, <laughs> how we eat, how we transport, how we... Uh, uh, we are in a uh, thicket of received behaviors. All right, okay, now I have this new belief. Earth is a conscious living being. I think the answer to that is ask for it. Ask for it. Now we say she's, she's in charge. We say that we're a part of this creative wind. We want to be dealing with the life around us in a new way. Let's ask for it. Part of the humility we have to have. Earth, hallelujah, come into us. We need, we know, we need to change. Come into our dreams. Tell us when we wake up in the morning, let a dream instruct us. Come to us through love, when we make love, when we're close, when we're intimate, when we're ecstatic, when we're dancing. Have that instruction come to us. Let it occur to us. We know that our bodies and our souls are created by you. And we know that you are already within us, released to us messages that we've been suppressing. We've had our own consumerism and Wall Street, Silicon Valley, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., Pentagon. We've had, we have that in our bodies and we have to outmaneuver that and get back to the message that we would find inside that rebellion that we have inside of ourselves. That Zuccotti Park, that Ferguson, Missouri, that Standing Rock, that Parkland, that Me Too. We've got that in us. Release it to us. Release it as, as a message that can guide us. We're ready now. We're ready now. We're ready for that love. love hallelujah. We're open. We know that you will help us in the little things. Help us in the big things, the life and the death. We're grateful. Earth hallelujah. All right, everybody. Welcome to Radio Apocalypse. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you believe. Just sit there for a second and listen. We're all going to die. 
Now, what makes the death that is upcoming a little bit unusual is they're going to all die more or less at the same time. That's called the apocalypse. This is Apocalypse Radio. This is what we're going to discuss today. Now, this death that's coming up, it seems like we demand it. It's coming from us. You and I, we have to feel responsible for it to some degree. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about changing our mind. All the big groups of human beings, all the people that we dislike, the corporations, the businesses, all, all those people, they want the apocalypse to take place. That's their policy, that's their business plan, that's what they're planning for. But you and I, we're individuals, we're, we're just talking right now as, as I'm, I'm sitting in the bar with you, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the automobile with you, we're walking down the highway together. You and I, individuals, all right? I want to live. Do you want to live? I want to live. Tell the radio right now. Tell the radio. Reverend Billy, I want to live. Let's hear it. Yeah, I heard lots and lots and lots of you say, I want to live. Because this is no joke. You know it's not a joke. You know it's happening. And so we come to the conclusion of today's Stop a shopping church, amen. Lockdown in New York is the phase, is the period, is the, is the era that we're in, and we don't know how long this will last. Could be weeks, could be months. We just don't know, do we? I'm listening to the cuckoo bird in our little uh, <laughs> clock in, in the kitchen, and it reminds me that we don't know how much time will pass before we're... Hopefully, a group of exhausted survivors will come out into the sunlight together through that doorway and be given the gift, accept the gift of another chance, another chapter in this struggle with those who would prolong and worsen this extinction. Oh, time to be radical Americans again. This is Reverend Billy. Email us, talk to us, revbilly at revbilly.com, revbilly at revbilly.com. And a special thank you to Jason Candler and to Brendan Burke from the Fiery Eagles of Justice. You heard that piece. And the Stop Shopping Choir, Salvatore D, our director, and Nehemiah Luckett, our music director. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Amen. Earthaluya.